Chapter Eighteen of the Stones of Venice, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Little T. The Stones of Venice, Volume One, by John Ruskin. Protection of Aperture. Paragraph One. We have hitherto considered the aperture is merely pierced in the thickness of the walls, and when its masonry is simple, and the feelings of the aperture are unimportant, it may well remain so. But when the feelings are delicate and of value, as in the case of colored glass, finely wrought tracery, or sculpture, such as we shall often find accompanying the tympanum of doorways, some protection becomes necessary against the one of the rain down the walls and back by the bevel of the aperture to the joints or surface of the feelings paragraph two the first and simplest mode of obtaining this is by channeling the jams and arch head and this is the chief practical service of aperture mouldings which are otherwise entirely decorative but as this very decorative character renders them unfit to be made channels for rainwater, it is well to add some external roofing to the aperture, which may protect it from the one of all the rain, except what which necessary beats into its own area. This protection, in its most usual form, is a mere dripstone moulding carried over or round the head of the aperture. But this is, in reality, only a contracted form of a true roof projecting from the wall over the aperture and all protections of apertures whatsoever are to be conceived as portions of small roofs attached to the wall behind and supported by it so long as the scale admits of their being so with safety and afterwards in such manner as may be most expedient the proper forms of these and modes of their support are to be subjects of a final inquiry. Paragraph 3. Respecting their proper form, we need not stay long in doubt. A deep gable is evidently the best for throwing off rain, even a low gable being better than a high arch. Flat roofs, therefore, may only be used when the nature of the building renders the gable unsightly as when there is not room for it behind the stories, or when the object is rather shade than protection from rain, as others in verandas and balconies. But for general service the gable is the proper and natural form, and may be taken as representative of the west. Then this gable may either project unsupported from the wall, form A, figure 48, or be carried by brackets or spurs, form B, or be walls or shafts form c which shafts or walls may themselves be in windows carried on a sill and this in its turn supported by brackets or spurs we shall glance at the application of each of these forms in order paragraph four there is not much variety in the case of the first form a figure forty eight in the cumberland and border cottages the door is generally protected by two pieces of slate arranged in a gable, giving the purest possible type of the first form. In elaborate architecture, such a projection hardly ever occurs, 
and in Long's architecture cannot with safety occur without brackets, but by cutting away the greater part of the projection we shall arrive at the idea of a plain gabled cornice, of which a perfect example will be found in plate eight of the Philo series. With this first complete form we may associate the rude single projection penthouse roof imperfect, because either it must be level and the water lodged lazily upon it, or throw off the drip upon the person's entering. Paragraph five form two B figure forty eight. This is a most beautiful and natural type, and is found in all good architecture, from the highest to the most humble. It is a frequent form of cottage door, more especially when carried on spurs, being of particularly easy construction in wood. As applied to a large architecture, it can evidently be built in its broadest and simplest form, either of wood only, or on a scale which will omit of its sides being each a single slab of stone. If so large as to require jointed masonry, the gabled sides will evidently require support, and an arch must be thrown across under them, as in figure 49. Plum Fasoli If we cut the projection gradually down, we arrive at the common Gothic gable, dripstone carried on small brackets caved into bosses heads or some other ornamental form the sub-arch in such case being useless is removed or coincides with the arch head of the aperture paragraph six form three c figure forty eight substituting substituting walls or pillars for the brackets we may carry the projection as far out as we choose and from the perfect porch either of the cottage or village church or of the cathedral as we enlarge the structure however certain modifications of form become necessary owing to the increased boldness of the required supporting arch for as the lower end of the gable roof and of the arch cannot coincide we have necessarily above the shafts one of the two forms a or b in figure fifty of which the latter is clearly the best, requiring less masonry and shorter roofing, and when the arch becomes so large as to carry a heavy lateral thrust, it may become necessary to provide for its further safety by pinnacles form C. This last is the perfect type of aperture protection. None other can ever be invented so good it is that once employed by giotto in the cathedral of florence and torn down by the providator benedetto uguccioni to erect a renaissance font instead it is that once employed by giotto in the cathedral of florence and torn down by the providator benedetto uguccioni to erect a renaissance font instead and another such has been destroyed not long since in venice the porch of the church of st apollinaire also to put up some renaissance upholstery for renaissance as it were not nuisance enough in the mere fact of its own existence appears invariably as a beast of prey and founds itself on the ruin of all that is best and noblest many such porches however 
happily still exist in Italy, and among its principal glories. Paragraph 7 When porches of this kind, carried by walls, are placed close together, as in cases where there are many and large entrances to a cathedral font, they would, in their general form, leave deep and uncomfortable intervals, in which damp wood large and grass grow, and there would be a painful feeling in approaching the door in the midst of a crowd, as if some of them might miss the wheel doors, and be driven into the intervals, and embayed there. Clearly it would be a natural and right expedient, in such cases, to open the walls of the porch wider, so that they may correspond in slope, or nearly so, with the bevel of the doorway, and either meet each other in the intervals, or have the said intervals closed up with an intermediate wall, so that nobody may get embayed in them. The porches will thus be united, and form one range of great open gulfs, or caverns, ready to receive all comers and direct the current of the cloud into the narrower entrance. As the lateral thrust of the arches is now met by each other, the pinnacles, if there were any, must be removed, and water spouts placed between each arch to discharge the double drainage of the gables. This is the form of all the noble northern porches, without exception, best represented by that of Reims. Paragraph 8 Contracted conditions of the pinnacle porch are beautifully used in the doors of the cathedral forts, and the entire arrangement in its most perfect form, as adapted to window projection and decoration, is applied by Giotto with inconceivable exquisiteness in the windows of the Capanel, those of the cathedral itself being all of the same type various singular and delightful conditions of it are applied in italian domestic architecture in the boletto of monza very quaintly being associated with balconies for speaking to the people and passing into pulpits in the north we gaze aside to such projections and they become bow windows the shape of roofing being then nearly immaterial and very fantastic often a conical cap all these conditions of window protection being for real service are endlessly delightful and i believe the beauty of the balcony protected by an open canopy supported by light shafts never yet to have been properly worked out but the renaissance architects destroyed all of them and introduced a magnificent and witty roman invention of a model of a greek pediment with its cornices of monstrous thickness bracketed up above the window the horizontal cornice of the pediment is thus useless and of course therefore retained the protection to the head of the window being constructed on the principle of a hat with its crown sewn up but the deep and dark triangular cavity thus obtained affords further opportunity for putting ornament out of sight, of which the Renaissance architects are not slow to avail themselves. A more rational condition is that the complete pediment with a couple of shafts or plasters carried on a 
bracketed sill and the windows of this kind which have been well designed are perhaps the best things which the renaissance schools have produced those of whitehall are in their way exceedingly beautiful and those of the palazzo Riccardi at florence in their simplicity and sublimity are scarcely unworthy of their reputed designer michael angelo End of chapter 18 Recording by Little T